So the Bad Sex and Fiction Awards came out. I find it funny that so much of the bad sex in fiction is written by men. Of course it's written by I men. Do find they that don't interesting. even know where the clitoris is. How many holes do you have down there? Well, there are guys that like believe that women like have their periods out of their like they pee out of their vaginas and stuff yeah. like that. One of my favorite and, episodes like, it's ridiculous. of Orange is the New Black, if you've ever watched it, mm-hmm. is um when I can't remember the names of the characters, but the one who is at had a sex change to become a woman. Sophia. Sophia. I love Sophia. Was was drew a diagram and was teaching the other women in the prison where everything was in their downstairs in their area. Hoo-hoo's. Because um, some of them didn't know that some of some of the women were like, "Well, you only have one hole down there. You only have." Yeah, the trans woman knows more was, than... Was well, yeah. she said, listen, I custom designed my shit. Let me show you where everything <gasps> oh, is. because she had a penis and then she got right, a Right, yeah. because she... Oh. Yeah, she, she actually, actually ended up in jail this. because she... Uh, I think she committed credit card fraud in order right, to, to get, get her, the money. her operation and everything like that. So mm-hmm. it, her story is really, really interesting. She's a great character. I mean, I... She I, is. I love her. one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. She is. She's a great character. So, but anyway, she's teaching everybody else who didn't know what their all the specific areas, you know, where the clitoris this was, is the where, vulva, where this their is the clitoris, urethra, this is urethra was, where the vagina was, and then the guards who are male are like paying attention, <laughs> and they're like, really. <laughs> I have to at least, okay, so I have the the Bad Sex in Fiction Awards quotes pulled up here. Okay. Um, The one that I have got to read is this this very famous one, um, the monkey quote. I have to read the monkey quote, okay? All right. I don't know if I can do my best, like, porn star narration here. Just make it a little bit breathy. I'll try to. Okay. Katsuro moaned as a bulge formed beneath the material of his kimono, a bulge that Miyuki seized, kneaded, massaged, squashed, and crushed. With the fondling, Katsuro's penis and testicles became one single mound that rolled beneath the grip of her hand. Miyuki felt as though she was manipulating a small monkey that was curling up its paws. <laughs> Because that's what, what kind I'm, of dick does this guy have? That's <laughs> what I'm thinking of while I'm, Is you know, rubbing one out for <laughs> for my male a small counterpart. Monkey? It's yeah, monkeys. Small monkey. That's the famous. I don't think one. that one was written by a guy. I'm just saying. Monkey it was sex from the the Office of Gardens and Ponds by Didier Decoin. I, I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Hmm. I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, that sounds like a, that sounds like I was written by a woman who doesn't really like men very much. Uh, well, it actually looks like there's a couple other Let women on there. Maybe have monkey. Um, Either that or, you know, maybe her husband was, you know, special in the downstairs area. Well, there's one from... <laughs> and she um, was enjoying maybe it. Maybe she has <laughs> a prehensile tail. That's what I was talking about. Is, is, is this a prehensile penis? Uh, that, that could be very, very interesting. Wow. Maybe. Now that's interesting. Put that in the next Fifty Shades. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so there. here's one from The River Capture by Mary Costello. Mary, seriously, why did you write this? Okay, so it says, uh, he clung to her crying and then made love to her and went far inside her and she begged him to go deeper and, no longer afraid of injuring her, he went deep in mind and body among crowded organ cavities. 
past the contours of her lungs and liver, and shimmying past her heart, he felt her perfection. This dude is really, really long. So was they having sex, or was oh, he giving fuck her... My, fuck me all the way to my throat! <laughs> <laughs> an autopsy. Was it sex yeah, or an autopsy? Yeah, an autopsy here. <laughs> like, right now. way up in there. Getting, I mean, the, a trip to the ER may be in... <laughs> Thinking uh, if the, I had sex with somebody and they touched my heart with that shit, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> Literally touch your heart. Let's see. Okay, let's it find another like one. sounds like that might be from an alien book. Perhaps. Dude, you're going to have to back off little. <laughs> I okay. can't breathe. You're in my lungs. <laughs> I'm not do... moaning because I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying because I'm in pain. So there's another one here. Uh, this is the famous Bush quote. Pax by John Harvey. Uh, let's see. I see it, he said. You are the female praying mantis, devouring her mate. I am, you are. I shall eat every shred of you, mouthful by mouthful. Exactly. Ah, but boy, you taste good. She licked her lips and pulled him close, but now he was clasping too. It was a slow kind of wrestling. They were knitting each other into a loose slipping knot. He was upside down over her, loving her bush and lick kissing and eating her inner thighs. Loving her Loving that bush, babe. I think this. I think this one's about gardening. God, I wish they could see our. I wish they could see our eyes rolling. Good it totally ruins the whole thing that we don't have video on this particular moment. Let me see. There was one that would I thought might have been a little more X-rated, but you know, anyway. Vivian, I have to say for once, I'm glad you did your homework. Well, I had read this article the other day, and then yeah, I re- today it, I you thought, posted that, didn't you? No, I didn't. Somebody posted. Somebody it. did though. I don't remember who. It might have been somebody in our Facebook group. Might have posted. It might have That's been. how I read it. Yeah. I I do like reading the Bad Sex and Fiction Awards just because it's just so awful. And I actually I hate sex scenes in books. I hate them. I will try to skip over them because they're not always. Can bad. anybody even write sex decently anymore? Like. It always sounds so cringy to well, me. Least they have, Even the well-written ones seem cringy. Uh, at least they give you a little bit of comical relief. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, Elizabeth Gilbert made this list. Um, I think Elizabeth hers is, Gilbert is cool. Yeah, uh, like she her. wrote in the book City of Girls, she wrote, it was as if I was being run over by a train. Apparently, that's what... Uh, earned her a bad sex and fiction award. I haven't read the entire quote, but... Well, clearly she's not very happy about her encounters. Yeah. There's also some... It says, uh, okay, then I screamed as though I were being run over by a train and that long arm of his was reaching up again to palm my mouth and I bit into his hand the way a wounded soldier bites on a bullet. This almost sounds like a rape. It might have been. That's a little rapey. It's a lovemaking scene. It's very weird. Maybe I guess she if you likes read it that, rough. I guess Maybe. if you read I mean, that like some a people really, person. Some women really like that pleasure pain thing. Yeah. I mean, that would not be me. I'm like, stop it! <laughs> yeah, no, it hurts, man! I'll pass on me. that. I want to feel good. I don't want to feel... Now, see, when you say run over, by the tr- or run over by a train, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that he was just fast. It's like, it was like I was run over with the train before I knew what was happening. It was over. Or he <laughs> was, was like really the train <laughs> goes by and there's the Doppler effect. Or he was really fit. Or he was really fat. You're done? <laughs> he might have been really fat, you know, and she was gasping for but air then she would be feeling crushed. Then she would be stuck under a building. Not run over by a train. 
hey, you, maybe he was a fast roller. Well, it just it just makes me think of the guy on top going chugga 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 chugga. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I can. I think I can. I think and I that's can. It. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can. <laughs> I like the, do- do the Doppler effect better. I think that <laughs> is very how old would a guy be if you called if you nicknamed his penis the little engine that could? <laughs> I have a boyfriend. I'll have to name it. <laughs> See? Oh, little Thomas the Train. <laughs> and I wonder why I never have a boyfriend. <laughs> Look, it's a little engine that could. <laughs> and he starts crying. <laughs> no, that's a good thing, honey. <laughs> I called one guy pretty one time, and he's like, "Men aren't pretty." I'm like, "But you're pretty." He's like, "Men aren't supposed to be pretty." I'm like, "So you're what, handsome?" Well, whenever I call my husband, like I tell him he's cute or something, he says, "You mean ruggedly handsome, right?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah. ruggedly guys are handsome." So... <laughs> They're such pussies. Guys can be pretty. <laughs> you can't call them cute. I have actually done that. Don't ever sit cute around a naked man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but honey, you're so cute. Yeah, they'll say that. Wait till I get dressed, then you can call me cute. <laughs> 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 You have a tissue over there? My nose is turning around, I think. No, you're going to have to go get one. Okay. It's probably the coffee, the it overwhelming coffee stench. It could just be the whole, like, oh, oh wait. Let me check like, I will even take a napkin, a Kotex, anything at this point. That's disgusting, dude. Here. I mean, I have a, a Kotex, but I might need well, it later. Need to, to drip on the microphone or something. Well, that's like why that. you have sleeves, man. You see? Well, um, don't let it drip on the microphone. You're disgusting. using my microphone. <laughs> Man, aren't we possessive all of a sudden? It's mine. You notice I didn't blow my nose directly into the microphone. Thank you. You know, that's You're getting better. (laughs) She's got it figured out. Maybe I don't want to drip on the microphone should be in the bad sex. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And then it dripped on the big black microphone. Hold on. My nose is running. (laughs) (laughs) I've totally given myself a bloody noise when I was having sex one time. Oh, I have many times. Yeah, all the blood on my sheets is from nosebleeds. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, oh, as in, oops, sorry, hang on. As in, we had a head collision and my nose started bleeding. <laughs> Mine just bleeds in the winter, which is, you know, really kind of a turn off. Uh, you know, yeah. your head, nose. No, it's okay, honey. Keep going. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I'm about to drip. <laughs> Make it fast. Come on, train it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought farting during sex was bad enough. <laughs> Nosebleed is the worst because that is such a turn off. <laughs> Honey, why are your kisses so smooth? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, coppery. Ew. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Now we have disgusted most of the listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe we should move on to book topics. This now. is probably the most not safe for work podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, no, we've had no, some pretty no. bad ones. Yeah, me we, reading porn over the podcast. Oh, Hi, mom. <laughs> believe me, we have we have been to other places. <laughs> this, is, this is not our first rodeo. I read, you know, talking Sexy about rodeo. the the porn and the bad sex things. Yes. I read this one book just because I I don't know. Don't tell us why. Don't try to qualify it. Just say it. Okay, well, I read this um, alien erotica book that was all Ooh. about like alien and other dimension kind of sex and one of the guys in it one of the dimensions that they talked about the guys had two penises that kind of had minds of their own so they were like little snakes in their pants and i'm thinking i don't 
know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing to have sex with like two little I don't know wiggly wormy penises that my imagination's kind of going that's kind of creepy though well there there would be no problem there would be no problem hitting the g-spot in that case they would just be up there maybe they have like little flashlights and they just (laughs) like there it is or they're, they're like G-spot seeking torne- to- uh, torpedoes. <laughs> Patriot missiles. God, you're z- you would think it was a book I read or something. It was, it was, a, it was an interesting book, actually. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's kind of interesting. I'm like, he has what? He wait. He has what? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's let's book. Well, we're going to do a completely a complete 380 because 380, my, 360, no, three, 180. 360 180. completely around. Well, then you'd be right back at alien sex. Oh. You got to go 180. Okay. That's opposite. So I'm going to do a complete 180 because my book has nothing to do with anything good in the world. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah, just what we need. Yeah. Bring us down, very depressing very crap. Come Thanks, on. Anyone anyone who has sad right Hold now. Hold on, I got to put on the Tin Man. Clank, 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 clank. Okay, go ahead. I read Silka's Journey by Heather Morris. And um, this is, if you've ever read Tattooist of Auschwitz, um, Silka is one of the characters in Tattoo of Auschwitz. Oh, lovely. And she is the one who is... She has a relationship with one of the officers, and um, in Tattooist of Auschwitz, she helps out um, Lala, Lola, Lolly. I never read that one. I think his name is like Lolly. Helps out Lolly. She uses her relationship that she has with the officer to kind of help Lolly out. And when the interviewer or the person who interviewed the per, the tattooist of Auschwitz, because Lolly is a real person, Lolly mentions Silka and says that Silka is one of the bravest people that he's ever known. And But he doesn't really talk a lot about her, but enough to pique um, <laughs> the author's interest. So the author starts doing research on who Silka is and Silka's story, and that's what this book is about. And her journey is much sadder than Lolly's. Oh, great. Much, much sadder. I mean, rip your heart out, do a little dance on it. Kind of sad. So Silka is 16 when she's taken to Auschwitz um, at the very beginning in 1942. And like I said before, she is a very pretty girl and she piques the interest of the officers. So basically the officers force her into a relationship and she actually has to have relations with a couple of the officers. So they put her in charge of the one like uh, room boarding room that holds the people that are about to go to the gas chamber. So she basically is in charge of the people who have to die. But she has her own room, and they did this on purpose so that if one of the officers wanted to, you know, 
a little sex, they would go to her room. And of course, you know, she had to comply. She didn't have a choice. So when Auschwitz was liberated at the end of the war, um, because Silke had this relationship with the German officers, the Russians arrested her for being a political barrier and sent her to a labor camp in Siberia. So she was free of the, of the uh, concentration camp, but then was immediately arrested and sent to a labor camp. And this labor camp was male and female, and basically they let the males do whatever they wanted to. So the males would go into the females' camps in the middle of the night and so on and so forth. But luckily, if there is any luck in this situation, uh, one of the men who were kind of like at the top, like top of the gang kind of person, um, decided that Silka was his. So at least she wasn't passed around between all of the other guys, like some of the women in the same camp that she was in, if that makes sense. You know, he's like, that's Mm -hmm. mine, or she's mine. Everybody else wasn't allowed to mess with her. So at least it wasn't three or four men. So there's that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, it's it's about that and about how she survives the camp and just her life in general. And it was... It was extremely sad in parts, but then you see kind of how she made her way. And Silka's smart. She's a very smart person, and she ends up, like, being able to have one of the better jobs at the camp and helps people at the camp and gets away with it. And, yeah, it was extremely sad, but Well, we have a whole tribe of women out there that love your reviews well silka's journey is i actually liked silka's journey better than i did tattooist of auschwitz because you know how i like my extremely sad books yeah i mean boy in the striped pajama kind of sad it's i can't read that stuff especially if it's about uh the holocaust like it's i've I've watched pretty much all she reads over here i watched the movie of boy in the striped pajamas several years ago and like screamed and cried at the end and uh, it's very intense for me because i know that stuff really happened i mean this is fictionalized but things like that really happen to people and it wasn't that long ago and um i just really can't read extremely sad books in general, like where the whole thing is very, very sad, like constant. Like I can't read that stuff probably because I have issues with depression and anxiety. And I feel like my own burden is way too heavy. I can't pick up anyone else's. So mm-hmm. I tend that's to, how, that's I tend to avoid I those kinds too. of things. Like I Honestly. can't handle it. It's just, it's too intense for me. And I start hearing about their problems. I'm like, la, 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 la. No, no, no. Get away from me. Get away from mm-hmm. me. I can't. I can't take your burden too. I'm exactly (laughs) the opposite. I read about these Mm -hmm. horrific things and then think, how are my problems or Mm -hmm. even compared to that? I need to Mm -hmm. quit my freaking belly aching, Mm -hmm. get over my shit and go on with my life. If these people can go on with their life, Mm -hmm. because I mean, this is a true and actual person. Of Mm -hmm. course, you know, they've changed names and everything else. And part of it is fictionalized and part Mm -hmm. of it is not. But yeah. And plus, I want to remember that this stuff happened mm-hmm. to 
kind of affect how I treat other people because mm-hmm. I would never, ever want to come close to treating people mm-hmm. how these different groups of people. And it's not just the Jewish people that were treated badly. Mm-hmm. It, was it, was, it was the homosexuals. And... It was the gy- uh, gypsies. It was the disabled Jewish people. It was disabled people. Mm-hmm. It was. And it just it makes me angry mm-hmm. that. And so. And it should. So it helps me empathize with people who ha- are different than me mm-hmm. because how are they any better or worse than I am? And They're how quickly not. we forget these things happened. And we start saying, well, there were some very fine people on both sides and things hey, like that. How, how, don't say that shit I'm on seriously, this how quickly do people start saying that yeah. shit? Ugh. Because they tend to forget. And you have Holocaust deniers today, which are just the scum of the earth. And, and you, yeah. you scoff at that. But I you know. also have to remember, because I've read stories about the other side and when you were in Germany, yeah, I know. If you mm-hmm. weren't part of the Nazi party, yeah, you got sent to a concentration camp yep. for being a Jewish sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you so had to keep quiet. Yep, you either had along, to do or... these horrible things. Mm-hmm. You were forced into doing these horrible things, or you ended up in a gas chamber. Yeah. I well, mean, you look at you look at people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Corey Ten Boom, who were not Jewish and opposed. The oppression of Jewish people, and they—I th- believe Corey Ten Boom ended up in a in a concentration camp. I think Bonhoeffer was just sent to jail. I can't remember, so don't quote me on that. But you had people that were sympathizers that were also treated very, very horribly and went through some very horrible things as well. So, but there were a lot of people yeah. in Germany who <clears throat> who were normalized. Yeah, yeah. There was, um, and, what and was... you see that today in politics. You see, yeah. you see people who. Um, who listen to the propaganda that's mm-hmm. actually going on in this country. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it is. It's propaganda. Yeah. You repeat something enough times to someone and they start, it starts to become normal in their mind. Mm-hmm. And then they start to yeah. slowly, you know, but see when I read lilac girls, you know, cause that was about three very different people mm-hmm. during world war two. And one of them was a, a lady who worked at the German camp and mm-hmm. she was a Nazi yeah. And it talks about how she ended up being where she was. And she was one of the ones. Now, she wasn't the greatest person in the world, mm-hmm. but she was forced into her position and forced into doing some of the things that she did because she, they threatened her with, um, you know, charging her with mm-hmm. being a, a Jew, a Jewish sympathizer. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, so there's there is now <laughs> there was extremely bad people, too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There mm-hmm. was. And mm-hmm. it's not like I'm. Yeah. Saying that, you know, the Nazis were okay. They I'm, were not. They were not. not. They were bad, bad, bad people. Mm-hmm. But you also have to remember that there every were situation is did different. Nothing. Yeah. So of what in the world was that called again? So I'll never, ever read it. Silka's Journey. Oh, I didn't even say who it was by. All right. Hold on a second. But I think like humans are fallible. They're going to make stupid decisions. And then in hindsight, you know, we judge them and everything. And there are people that we know, yeah, you're obviously a shithead. You're obviously a horrible person. What you did was horribly wrong because you did this and you enjoyed this. But then this other person was put in a catch-22 or a Scylla and Charybdis kind of situation. And, you know, like you would have done something different, but... Well, it just kind of goes with, yeah. like, with any, with anybody who is grouped in with a specific type of person. Mm-hmm. It's like... um you know, like, let's just say atheists. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, you tell them atheist, 
they and, automatically say, oh, you're the devil. Or that you worship Satan. Well, that's not true. No. Being an atheist means you don't believe anything. Anything. You don't right. believe in either thing. So, And they think that it, automatically, if you're an atheist, you have no kind of morals because you have no spiritual connection with anything. Which is well, that's completely not true. Yeah. Being a good person is within yourself. It's not dependent on anything at all. And just like Christianity, there's some people who are Christians that are wonderful, actually wonderful love people. their neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then there's other Christians that if you're not on their team, then you're the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the devil. And they will stab you in the back quicker, mm-hmm. quicker than anything. Mm-hmm. So atheists are awesome, by the way. I know a lot standing of very, up for the team. Yeah. I know a lot of very, very cool atheists. I just mean yeah. to judge a person on the actual person and not any outside influences. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the cool thing about being an enlightened individual. Mm-hmm. But that's another conversation for another day. Yeah. But anyways, that was Silka's Journey by Heather Morris. Wow. I, got, I almost kind of feel like we need some comic relief for the middle. I don't, I don't know if I can provide that because well, my book is kind me, of I think we need to talk about bad sex some more. <laughs> let me just tell you um, something that I, I saw that I thought might make a good bad Santa gift. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ever heard of the daddy saddle? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> I think it's for kids. <laughs> Oh. oh, I saw that. Did you post that on Facebook or something? I sent it in a private message. Okay. It's like a regular saddle. It's for, it's, you yeah. know, yeah. when you're a little kid, you play horsey. Yes. And you ride on someone's back and yeah. they're, you know, the horse and whatever. Wouldn't that make a hilarious bad Santa gift, though? Yeah, it's the, yeah. Wow. It's well, because they don't want you can... to ride bareback. That's it. That can get, get you an STD if you go bareback. <laughs> so yeah. many problems when you go bareback. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're looking for the perfect gift for someone this year, get them the daddy saddle. saddle. I'm just saying some people need to be a little desensitized so that you're not run over by a train. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just kidding. Wow, we are really man bashing today. Sorry, 40 to 60 year old men out there. We love you guys. My book is not going to help either. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oof. We know not it's it's not everybody that has the train syndrome. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, do we want to go to my downer of a book? Is that enough comic relief for you? Yeah. I guess we better get on to the next one. Okay. We're on a time limit here. Okay. Mine's not a total downer. So um so I read The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. And uh, that is a sequel to a book she wrote uh, many years ago called The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, which I was just going to ask. Holy what? crap. I was going to ask if it had anything to do with... It is. Hand. Yeah, it's, it's basically a sequel to Handmaid's Tale. Um, Handmaid's Tale, if you remember, was a groundbreaking speculative feminist fiction. Uh, basically, there was a low birth rate in society. Uh, they believe it was because of environmental toxins so this really oppressive fundamentalist Christian government rose up and overthrew the United States government, turned it into this country called Gilead. And any woman that was fertile was basically, and you weren't on their side. If you were fertile and on their side, cool. But if you were fertile and not on their side, you were turned into a sexual slave called a handmaid. The story was about Offred. And in the end, it's not clear if Offred gets away or not. Um, 
See, I always but, uh, I always pronounced it in my head when I was reading it of Fred. Uh, it is kind of of Fred. Yeah. Uh, but if you watch the Hulu show, because they actually made a show about the book, and the show's really good. I haven't seen the most recent season, but the show is really good. Um, they they pronounce it like off Fred. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the women's names are like of Fred, of Tom, of Bob. You know, like of Robert. Like they put of and you know they lose their real names and their names change if they go like to a different officer and stuff like that. It's very very weird. And um, it's infuriating. It is infuriating. It, the book, I read the book several years ago. It's extremely infuriating. Um, it's very frustrating. Uh, so anyway, uh, it, The Testaments is a sequel. Uh, it seems to take place after the Hulu show. And it's about how uh, Gilead was brought down. Now, at the ending of Handmaid's Tale, we know Gilead was eventually taken down, but they mm-hmm. never say how. This tells the story of it. So it focuses on three women and their testimonies, which is why it's called the Testaments. It's about these recorded testimonies that they found. There's a young woman, um, a teenager in Canada. There is a young woman who is the daughter of an officer in Gilead via a handmaid. Um, And there is an aunt or aunt, as the show show calls them aunts. I say aunt. Um, And it's soon revealed in the book near the beginning that this aunt is Aunt Lydia, who is a really, really, really horrible, horrible person. Like she's in charge of the ants. She's just this really terrible woman. She does all these really horrible things to these handmaids. She permits all these horrible things to happen. Um, So as the story unfolds, it shows how these three women are connected and how Gilead is destroyed from the inside by spies and double agents. And of course, our wonderful Canadian allies. Woohoo, go Canada. So um, it provides the backstory to how Gilead was formed. There's a lot of really uh, interesting um, flashbacks from Aunt Lydia describing how it came to be. Apparently, she was a judge uh, before Gilead arose and just the different situations she was put in. It's kind of like your book where we were talking about how people are put in these certain situations. And Mm -hmm. do you resist? How do you resist? If you resist, something really horrible is going to happen to you. You're going to be killed. And is it better to just kind of go along and then maybe try to do good from the inside just for self-preservation, but also to work toward um, something better, which is apparently what Aunt Lydia does, because this is about her working on the inside to take down Gilead. And she says that right at the beginning of the book. She says that. So that's not a spoiler. This is her story of trying to take it down. And these other two women become involved in it as well. So the interesting thing about the book is that it does show the lives of different women in Gilead because Handmaid's Tale was Offred's perspective. Um, but this one shows like the different aunts, the handmaids, um, the wives of the officers, lower ranking women who are loyal to Gilead, how they live. Um, and then it introduces the Pearl Girls, which are missionaries. I thought this was very strange, but apparently they let uh, women who are like aunts in training become missionaries to Canada and other parts of the country to spread the word of Gilead and, you know, okay, how we I, should how we should rape fertile women and all this other stuff. Can I ask a question just real quick? Go ahead. What does it mean to be an aunt? Oh, an aunt is a woman, an older woman who is uh, not fertile, but she is loyal to Gilead. You can choose to become an aunt. It's kind of like becoming a nun, only meaner. Like oh, really And mean. I do believe okay. that in The Handmaid's Tale, if you're if you're infertile and not loyal, they make you yes. uh, work in like body disposal, yeah, and toxic waste. And if and if you are um, infertile and against the government, they hang you from the wall. 
Yeah. Mm. Like, I would be fucking hanging from the wall. I would be too. Mm. I would be too. Okay. You're and you're actually you're actually labeled an unwoman. If you are infertile and you are not loyal to the government, you're like an unwoman. Uh so it's 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 really horrible. Okay, so um it also shows the life in Canada um and the underground railroad basically that's trying to get the handmaids smuggled into Canada to save them. So it shows the different struggles women face in Gilead as they grow up because the one of the girls, uh, the officer's daughter, it shows, shows like how her school, basically she's not allowed to read. So she's taught like all these different things and like your major is going to be some kind of craft. You know, do you want to do embroidery? Do you want to do knitting? Just you know, like, like the olden days. Yeah, it's, it's extremely oppressive. <laughs> so it shows their challenges as they navigate the society. Um, they have very, very few opportunities. Like you can become an aunt, you can become a pearl girl. Uh, you know, there's all these different choices, but they're very, very limited. It shows the ways that women are exploited, even when they're treated well. They are very exploited and abused. Um, they killed. And there's a lot of male indifference to how women are treated. That's it's really disturbing. Mm. Um, one of the things I, I hate to say I like this because this sounds so horrible, but there's uh, and they showed this in the in the TV show as well. So it was interesting to watch if anyone ever harms a handmaid if a man harms a handmaid they are executed by letting a large group of handmaids kill him with their bare hands so they turn these these handmaids loose on this guy and uh because they have like all this pent-up feminist rage i guess they tear his clothes they tear him limb from limb there's blood everywhere uh they just become these savages and they rip this guy to pieces so it's very interesting that, you know, these handmaids are supposed to be these little sweet, obedient things. And they get the chance. And to... they get the chance to take out their rage on a man and they literally tear him limb from limb. They take their nails and they rake his skin off. And it's it's very, very fascinating. Um, and they did show this in Harsh. the TV show at one point. I think they let him like they were like throwing rocks at the guy and then they tore him apart. I can't really remember exactly, but it was very interesting. So, okay, so what I liked about the book was that it <laughs> Bonnie's like in addition to I just uh, in my mouth a little. In addition to tearing a deserving guy apart limb from limb. Um of course, technically like if you had sex with someone's handmaid, that would also be considered harming a handmaid, even if it was consensual. Uh that's considered harming a handmaid. So what I liked was that it filled in the gap in Handmaid's Tale. Which know, was a big ass gap. A big ass it was gap. Yes. Seriously short and it ended we, weird. Yeah. We knew Gilead fell, but not really how. Um, and it was a very good read. It does make you mad because women are treated really, really, really poorly in the book. So that'll make you mad. But it was very interesting to see like how the society worked, how people just bought into the propaganda about, you know, this is the way things need to be because of the fertility, right? Like it keeps coming back to that. Like well, you know, if we don't reproduce, we're all going to die out. So that's why we have to buy into this propaganda. How many million people do we have on system. this fucking earth? A lot. Yeah. Well, and there's like population decline and stuff when this happens, I think. So, okay. So the problems I had with the book, though, is that Aunt Lydia really isn't credible as a character. That was the big problem that I had with the book because she did all these horrible things as an aunt but it's all under the guise of like, well, I'm playing the long con. I'm going to take the system down. She's biding her time. She's very calculating, which I can see happening. I understand the whole like I'm going to be calculating. I'm going to pretend to go along with them because I'm really taking them down on the on the inside. But she does a lot of really horrible, horrible stuff. So I had a hard time resolving that in my head that she's hurt actively hurting these girls 
in order to forward her agenda of yeah, eventually taking down Gilead. It's hard to see her as a that good was guy the credi- when she does Yeah, that was the credibility issue with the book. That was my big problem with it. Um, and the other one was that the ending was really, really rushed. Like it went on and on. And it was very good. It was per- it was going on at a pretty decent pace. And then all of a sudden it just kind of stumbled into an ending. And there was also, and I'm not going to say who, but there was a character's death near the end of the book that I was just kind of like, huh? I don't know if I missed something, but her death was just kind of weird. Like it it's didn't like it really thrown in there. seem to make sense. Like, why did she have to die that way? I don't. I don't understand. Was it suicide? I don't. I didn't understand what happened there. I probably missed something at that point, um, but I didn't like that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk about was that there was a huge award controversy. Yeah, with I was this just going to ask you about that because yes. she ended up winning the Booker, mm-hmm. sharing the Booker Prize. Yes. With another author. She shared the Booker Prize with a book called Girl, Woman, Other by Bernadine Evaristo. Bernadine, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your who, name. Who who uh, read? Th- didn't somebody read that in the group? What was that called? Girl, Woman, Other. Girl, Woman, Other. I think Kayla read that. It's a series oh, of short stories about it, black women in Britain, and it deals with a lot of timely issues. I, I have not she read, might it, have read it, but and not reviewed it. Pretty sure Kayla was talking about that. But anyway, so Bernadine Evaristo was the first black woman to win the Booker Prize. Um, the rules for the prize actually say that it can't be shared. They specifically changed those rules on, I believe, 1993 to end the practice of sharing the Booker Prize. So this year, the judges just kind of went, eh, and they just threw that rule in the trash. And there's some argument as to why, like, people say, well, it's because Atwood w- didn't win the Booker Prize for Handmaid's Tale so yeah, they're trying to make up says, for it. Even even Atwood says yeah. she didn't deserve to win the prize for that book. Yeah, it's very very weird. It's yeah. very mm-hmm. weird. Um, so I don't believe this is a prize winning book. It is not a prize winning book at uh, all. Actually, I've but heard a lot good. of people say it. It's good, but it did not deserve the Booker. But the thing about the Booker with me is that I'm generally not interested in a lot of the books that have won the Booker Prize. Like none really have hooked me. There's probably some in there that I would like, um, but I've never particularly been interested in any of the Booker Prize recipients, probably because I weird such read such weird crap about talking plants and stuff like that. So <laughs> I love you, Simeosis. Yeah. I was going to say, um, most of the books that are on this list, like Lincoln and the Bardo, I mean, I tried yeah. to read that book and I did not like it at all. I didn't like The Milkman. I hated The Milkman. Oh my God. I didn't I hate like that. The brie- A Brief History of Seven Killings. Um, the Blind Assassin is on there. That's by Margaret Atwood. I don't know if that's any good or uh, not. It sounded interesting. The Blind Assassin? I don't see that I think on it take pla- takes place in the 30s or something. It sounds mildly Maybe that was a while ago because I'm the seeing The English Patient is on that list. Um, I can't remember what all is on the Booker list, but I looked through it briefly today and I was like, eh, just kind of skimmed through it, but... Like I the said, li- I read this really looks weird like stuff. the Life of Pi. Life of Pi. Life was of Pi was excellent. Okay, but I yeah, I don't see. Oh yeah, I see the Blind Assassin. I don't know if I've read that. Now I need to read that. Well, it's at the library. Go check it out. The one I, may, in our I just may do that. Go check it out because I don't. I think it has like zero circ at our at our library. So go check it out. So I have a reason to keep it, and not weed it. <laughs> well, not is that it I on audio would. though. You know how I am. I got yeah. Have that's audio. true. That's true. I know it's so hard to 
Especially like this week, I've been so freaking busy. I haven't had time to like sit down and read. So it's oh, not wait. audio. Did Les win? No, Les was the Pulitzer. Les was excellent. What was it? Les. Oh. You reviewed that one, I didn't did. you? I did, yeah. That was so. excellent. Excellent. So anyway, my book was The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. I do recommend it, um, especially if you were a fan of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, it's definitely written for the fans. Uh, but like I said, it's definitely not a, a booker winner. Like, it's not by any means. It's, it's a good book, though. I enjoyed it, but it is definitely not anywhere near my list of favorites or anything like I that. I was so mad after I finished The Handmaid's Tale. I was mad for weeks. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need... It's, it's along the same lines of what you said, Vivian, mm-hmm. about becoming Behala. more depressed. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't do it. I mean, that's the reason mm-hmm. that I'm the Tin Man. Is I can't take on other people's pain. I mm-hmm. I'm just you know too what's depressive. funny though is I read all of these books about historical fiction and about all of these horrible things that happened during war and everything, but like The Hands May Tale, I probably will never read that one. And The Power, I read that one, hated it. I yeah. loved The Power. That I was loved so the power good. Also, that because was so good. I thought that it was just too cruel. The power was insane. I read that about was an insane book. The Holocaust and concentration and camps, and and I thought the power, and, was, and I thought the power cruel? was cruel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay, so like gassing Jews and disabled people versus women that grab guys' penises and shock them to death. I mean, <laughs> come on now, it's Bonnie. too depressing. <laughs> well, it wasn't the you know that the women were it was shocking the, the women people. raping men that you yeah, didn't. Yeah, it was the, the that was whole, the point of the power. Them being so powerful and like trying to dominate yeah that was the point it was of the it. domination yeah, it was that, the domination that i guess i guess i'm not a very good submissive that was that was the point of the power <laughs> that was the point of the power That's was like the if point you, of it. you don't if have you to gave be women that much power woman. what would they do with it if they had total power over men would they become tyrants but and i the don't book think shows that they that would some well, of them, some would. them would maybe some, some of them, them would. would but i don't think all of them would I've and it's not all the angry women in my life yeah yeah because yeah. some of that anger was fed by women that had been wronged by men in the past and when they were given the chance to have the upper hand they took it and which isn't right see, it was if, no it's if not I right had that but it was power, very disturbing. i don't know if i'd be that well you dominant and everything and I i'd be like i have this power you just need to leave me the fuck alone now okay it would be really convenient if alone. one of those creepos is like following you in walmart and trying to like steal your purse or whatever It'd right be fun and to you shock could just shit shock out someone like that but well you know. that i'm just talking about the <laughs> yeah. overpowering yeah. domination you couldn't that some of you them you couldn't cope with the fact that women might do something that horrific because we are used to feeling that way about men mm-hmm. because... Oh, no, I totally believe that some women were be- would because I know some women that are freaking complete assholes mm-hmm. and just passive aggressively so. And but then I mean, if, if they you had... look at statistics, all right, most serial killers are men. Mm-hmm. What is it, like 90%? Yeah, most of them. Mm-hmm. So the idea that a wom- that women might mm-hmm. take that over... And become that is become what bothers the, 90%. Me the most, isn't it? In a sense, it's kind it's of not it's the not the idea. It's not the yeah. fact that they that um. I just don't really. I didn't believe that that's how it would turn out. Well, I that's I the reason. Honestly, that that's the reason that I liked it because ninety percent of all of the women mm, in the world wouldn't are so passive aggressively angry. On the inside, that once they had this power, 
that, you know, men had to go into hiding and like couldn't be seen or else women would be like, you're dead. Well, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think that was the point of the book, basically. I think it's an interesting thought experiment. I don't know that it would be true, but like maybe 50%. Yeah. Of the women, maybe. Yeah. But I don't think it would become a society where it was dangerous to be male. And that was an interesting thought experiment. It was though. A you have experiment. to admit it. Yeah. But it wasn't believable enough in my brain. Logistically, I, think I don't to, think it was believable enough in my brain for me to give it a proper thought because I, it was yeah. too extreme. I think we should choose the power for one of our. I um, really think that we should our because. Book club picks this yeah. year because we're going to do six okay well the power is a pretty good choice it's a very very, very disturbing book but it's very good i i really liked it it was very disturbing um i really liked that the book had these little touches like in between they would have like the little boom and they do like the little museum yeah. audio narration museum then the audio tour, tour thing and yeah. then it would talk about the different artifacts left over from that culture and right. stuff and like i love little touches like that and that's kind of what margaret atwood did with um both Handmaid's Tale and the Testament, she closes them with like historians talking about like analyzing what is going on. That's right. the historian in me. There that were loves some that, things but, in the power yeah. that I really liked, like the mm-hmm. daughter of the gangster. I really liked oh, her yeah. part. She was cool. She was. She was. She was really cool. She was good. Roxy. 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 But um, but then some of it, like I said, yeah. I mean, I think that would be a good one for our book club. Yeah, I think we need to save that discussion for another time because we're getting long here. Yes. All right. Okay. You, you need to get onto your book. Okay. We're very talky today. I'm going to do something completely different. There's a shocker. Speaking of the power. <laughs> <laughs> the book I chose this week is Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Bachman. And the reason that that's weird for me is that it was... And if, I think if I had read the description of this book before I read it... I would never have read it. Uh Uh-oh. Because the description is a charming debut, a heartwarming and hilarious story of a reluctant outsider. Yeah, you would have never read it. Who transforms a tiny village and a woman who finds love and second chances in the unlikeliest of places. Does that (laughs) fucking sound like a book I would read? (laughs) No. It's like a friggin' Maeve Benchy novel or something. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. But the reason that I actually read it was because I saw the cover. And on the cover, there's a woman standing with her back to the picture. She's got like a valise or or a... suitcase on one side with stuff sticking out of it on the other side of her is a soccer ball with a rat standing on top of it <laughs> and i'm like that, that sounds that sounds like a really interesting that's story kind of i think you liked it because you're a soccer mom that's exactly right that's that's what it turned out to be because this book is about Britt marie who's a 63 year old woman who has l- recently left walked away from her marriage good for her and she is without, she's without a job. So she goes to the unemployment office and they're trying to find something that she can do. Well, she's been a mom this whole time. She's been a stay-at-home mom. So she has So no she has skills. no marketable skills. And what they end up giving her is a sort of like a recreation center job. Hmm. So she gets to this, well, she, well, she's in this small town 
And I, I think, I'm not really sure where this takes place. I want to say Sweden or someplace. I don't know. But, um, so she's in this tiny little town where football or soccer mm-hmm. is pretty much the focus of life. You know, it's like just like in any small town in England or, you know, other places rather than here. It's not football, it's soccer. Right. And she sort of you know, goes into this small town and ends up coming into contact with these kids. And she ends up being their coach just Mm -hmm. by default, sort of. Mm -hmm. And you can tell right away that these kids are not very well taken care of, you know, their mom's in prison for starters. And um, she sort of mothers them, I guess, in a way. Mm -hmm. But the interesting part is she's so lonely. I mean, she's just so lonely. She's a lonely person. And she feels like nobody sees her because she really hasn't had her own thing. She's been something else. She's been someone's wife. She's been someone's mother. And any woman who's ever stayed at home with her kids Mm -hmm. will totally fucking get this because I felt like that when Dylan was little. Like you're invisible? Yes. I wasn't myself anymore. Mm -hmm. And... That's the reason I like this book. Yeah, but sometimes you don't have to be a safe, a stay-at-home mom to feel invisible. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, and anytime and you're just part of the rat race, exactly. you feel invisible. And that whole invisibility and you know there's there are some really cool scenes in this like there's this rat in the in the recreation center and instead of trapping or killing the rat, she's so lonely. That she feeds the rat. Becomes like she's her Well, pet? first of all, I should explain. She's, a, she's an obsessive cleaner. She cleans everything. And she's... What the kids give her as a gift is this particular type of cleaner that they've, they've stopped making. Mm-hmm. And, and she talks about, you know, she goes to buy it and they don't have it in this small town so she's, she uses bicarbonate of soda to clean everything. Mm-hmm. And then as a gift, they buy her this cleaner that she loves. Hmm. But anyway, she's in the That's recreation thoughtful. center. I know. Um, and she, she's so obsessive about everything that when she feeds the rat, she feeds it a Snickers, but she puts it on a plate. <laughs> and she speaks to the rat. She, she talks to it. She has conversations with this rat. And she, she's like telling it, you know, to behave properly. And, you know, it's just really, it, it's got humor in it in a way that makes you love her. And it kind mm. of reminded me a little bit of Eleanor Oliphant. And you loved it's that book. It's completely fine. Yes, I loved that book so I much. I need to read that. But the reason that I ended up giving it that fifth star is the way it ended. Mm. And I can't tell you the way it ended but it was great because it would spoil the book. Yeah, don't tell me because I'm probably going to read this one. This sounds interesting. I like crazy old. The ladies. giant becomes a. Or she's the not rat a, becomes she's a giant and takes though. over. Sixty three is not that old, and I'm saying this from a fifty, almost fifty five year old perspective because <laughs> I'll be fifty five in February. But you do kind of when you get older start to feel even more invisible because mm-hmm. you don't have that. You know, you you start to look older. People can tell you're older. The mm-hmm. guys don't react to you in the same way. 
your life changes. You mm-hmm. become less of a woman. You become mm-hmm. less of a person. And I guess I have kind of been feeling a little bit that way myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that reading... You don't a, become less of a person. In becoming well, older, it changes your your view of yourself as well. You I'm going to go your, feminist just a minute here. Society, I hate to be, I hate generalization, sorry, but a lot of times women are valued only for their sexual worth. Yeah. And, and as you get older, their it's childbearing less. worth. And again, like I, I know I just read the testaments and stuff, but women are valued because of their appearance, because of their ability to have children. Now, those ideas are fading away, fortunately. They They're are. fading away. But it's still lingering there as like background radiation. Yeah, but the only thing that you don't understand yet, because mm-hmm. you're not this age. I'm going to be 40 this month, so. Is that <laughs> as heading you, there. they took my hormones away, okay? I'm getting them back. Fuck this noise. But mm-hmm. I don't have any ovaries. Mm-hmm. And it so makes you feel less of a person. It does. It mm-hmm. changes the way you feel about everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're, you just don't have that same connection. Right. I know you feel that way. All I'm saying is that you're not less of a person. Well, I know that. I'm saying to I me, you are not less oh, of a person. You're so sweet. But and really, to a lot of people, you are not less of a person. Yeah, I know. Because we But love I'm getting you, my Martha. fucking hormones back. I hate it. We still love you. Oof. I don't like feeling, you know that. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But this book was you know, a blow to the feels, but in a good way, because of the way it ended, it ended in a way. It sounded like you could connect that with the character felt a lot. empowering instead mm-hmm. of depressing. Yeah. And sh- her life, it's almost like she discovered something about herself in this process. And that's what you hope for in a book mm-hmm. like this. It was excellent, excellent, excellent. And I, as much as I liked it, I might even put it on my end of the year list. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see. That's a couple of weeks away yet, though. Speaking of that. What? I need to find my books It's year-end time, ladies, and that means we're going to pick our end-of-the-year list soon. Okay, so what is the the end-of-the-year list? Well, if you haven't heard our year-end podcasts. Okay. We we pick our favorite books of the year. Oh, okay. Our favorite reads. Our we... favorite re- reads of the entire year. And is for... it what we read that year or what came out that no, year? No, what we read that year. What we year. read that year. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go back through our podcasts mm-hmm. and our choices, and then we sort of compile our year-end list, mm-hmm. and it sort of gives people a thumbnail of what our year was like how many books can you put on the list well i usually go a little over the top because i read so many books Mm -hmm. Um, but it's supposed to be what you review yeah so we're supposed to have it's supposed to be six or fewer Mm -hmm. and it's going to be six right yeah for you it's going to be six I can easily think of like three or four I read this year that would be on the list. Easily, I'm going to have to look back at my list for this year and find out. I mean, Silka's Journey might make it on there. That was a really powerful book. I really, really enjoyed that one. Definitely for me, um, Cersei and um, Symbiosis and Uprooted. I think that which you reviewed all three of those on the podcast. Well, no, I I reviewed Spinning Silver because somebody had already reviewed Uprooted. Uprooted. I liked Uprooted better than Spinning Silver. Spinning Silver was good too, but I liked Uprooted better. Um, Oh, yes. And before I forget, if you haven't joined the Book Girl tribe yet, 
then head over to our Facebook page and join our private club, The Book Tribe. The reason that I started the group really was after our last live event when everyone got together at the table and started having conversations with with each other. We had a great it was after so party. fucking cool to have our book girls mm-hmm. connecting with each other. And that's the reason that I started the group. So please go over and um, ask to join our private group on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, I also want to remind you that coming up in January, we're doing our first ever book club, which I mentioned to you. Um, it's going to be live at Full Circle on the 25th of January. But if you want to read along, then pick up a copy of The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabrielle Zevin. Because after we finish our live podcast at that event, we're going to have a regular book club. And of course, we will also have the book club in our book tribe as well. So even if you can't come to the event, you'll still be able to participate. Um, It's almost Christmas, so head over to Redbubble and grab yourself some Three Book Girls gear. God, what other plugs do I need to make here? I just put the storied life of AJ for Vickery on my overdrive list. I that is a fucking had to place a hold, excellent. and I am number one on the list, so I will get it as soon as it comes out. And um, that's so. because I have it out right now. <laughs> <gasps> you bitch! <laughs> you let me return that so you can read it first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, because I just finished uh, the Dreamers by Karen Thompson Walker, and I her have name some is. other stuff going. So here, yeah, I'll re- I just finished that one. I actually like that one. By the way, Martha, I know you said you didn't like it, but I actually kind of like the Dreamers. It was good. Well, you can review that next time you come in. I thought you, you already reviewed right here, it. I just no. returned it. No, so the one I want to review next time is the library book. That's uh, the one I wanted next okay. time because I'm going to try to do more nonfiction reviews for you guys because awesome. you do so much fiction. So I'm going to try to cover nonfiction when possible. I do sweet. some nonfiction sometimes. Sweet, sweet. Well, we'll I guess we have something off. to look forward to when you come back and see us again, Vivian. Yes. We've got a full month this month, but we'll get you in January. Yeah. Well, and with the with the rise of Skywalker coming out, um, You're I'm going to be, be doing a lot of costume appearances and stuff. <laughs> so I have several scheduled, um, and then I'm going to see the movie on the 19th with uh, a bunch of my friends from the costuming club. So, awesome! Yeah, I've I've got Star Wars on the brain this month. Very well, very much. Bonnie and I are headed out into the world today because I have to kick ass in the cubicle decoration here at the Cumulus office because. I got sniped last year at the last minute. One of the fucking guys waited until the morning show, the day of the contest, and totally blindsided me. So I didn't even get the chance to one up. What did he do? He made his cubicle a house. That fucker. With bricks all the way around, you know, with a brick wallpaper. He had big, huge presents everywhere. Oh, you should make yours a gingerbread house. I did. Well, mine was a gingerbread house last year. Oh, and he still beat you. Yeah. The fucker. I know. Because mine was up for like two weeks. But this year I'm sniping. Sir, I'm sorry for calling you a fucker, by the way. He is a fucker. It's Mike. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Ipong, who spends time on this podcast and helps us when we go out. He does our live events. Yes, I'm sniping Mike. Sorry, Mike. Fucker. Not sorry, Mike. I'm sure you're nice. But I'm person. not going to tell you what it is. I'll tell you next time because next time it'll be right after the event, which is on Friday. So I'll okay. tell you what I did and whether or not he beat me. So, mm. oh, and that reminds me, I want to say very quickly 
Um, I believe the petition is still active. There's a petition now because um, one of the ebook publishers, I want to say it's Macmillan, but I could be wrong. Um, one of the book ebook publishers has decided that they're going to put an embargo on ebooks for libraries uh, and not let them have it for like four until the book's been out for like four weeks or something like that. Jeez, so, that's uh, fucked up, man. Yeah, dude, look into the look into the petition, sign it if you can. Um, it really hurts libraries because that means people are more likely to go out and buy the book instead of using their library. Which I do want to support publishers. And like, if I get a book from the library and I love it so much, I'll go out and buy a physical copy to keep. But doing this really hurts libraries, and it, it and we sucks. do not want to hurt libraries. So find that petition, yeah. people, and get it signed. But you know what? Yes, <gasps> I got to go see if I can find the daddy saddle now because you know I did get somebody on Dirty Santa. <laughs> that I could give that but that's not going to fit in a stocking. <laughs> well, it's it's Dirty Santa though. Oh, I mean that'd be a re- that'd be a really small. Horse, if it fit in a stocking, <laughs> <laughs> or a small somebody monkey. in the office is going to be having fun. Giddy up! It'd be a really I, small horse or a very small monkey. A I tiny don't need monkey. it to like. <laughs> and on that, note, we had to circle back around to the tiny on monkey. That note, that's going to do it for three, three book, book girls. girls.